Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. It's uh, the first of the week, and as is our tradition for the last couple of years, we want to start our week off with some wisdom and some encouragement. We're looking at Psalm, or we're ready for, rather, Psalm 105 today. And then we're just going to try to finish off the book of 1 Peter, chapters 3 through 5. And so that's kind of what's on the agenda today. And of course, those three chapters in the first in First Peter are just loaded with all kinds of important uh, information for us. Uh, lots of wisdom for us to be had there. Psalms 105 is just is mostly a psalm of praise, uh, just praising God for all that He has done throughout history and His greatness and His His Majesty. And uh, so that's how that one's going to be. Not a lot of commentary that I'm going to give on the Psalms because I'll be doing a lot more commentary as we work through our chapters in First Peter today. The website is www.scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to support this work. If you're being blessed by this, please consider supporting for it, supporting it. And if you cannot do that, please consider praying uh, for it. I would really, really greatly appreciate that. All right decent amount to get through this morning, so without further delay, let's dig right in. We're reading from the King James Bible, Psalm 105. Give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the people. Sing unto Him. Sing psalms unto Him. Talk ye of all His wondrous works. Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. Remember his marvelous works that he hath done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. O ye seed of Abraham, his servant, ye children of Jacob, his chosen. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He hath remembered his covenant forever, the word which he commanded to thousand generations, which covenant he made with Abraham in his oath unto Isaac, and confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law and to Israel for an everlasting covenant, saying unto thee will I give the land of Canaan and lot of your inheritance. When they were but a few men in number, yea, very few, and strangers in it. When they went from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another people, he suffered no man to do them wrong. Yea, he reproved kings for their sakes, saying, Touch not mine anointed, and do my prophets no harm. Moreover, he called for a famine upon the land. He brake the whole staff of bread. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, whose feet they hurt with fetters. He was laid in iron. Until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. The king sent and loosed him, even the ruler of the people let him go free. He made him lord of his house and ruler of his substance to bind the princes at his pleasure, to teach his senators wisdom. Israel also came into Egypt, and Jacob sojourned in the land of Ham. 
and he increased his people greatly and made them stronger than their enemies. He turned their heart to hate his people, to deal subtly with his servants. He sent Moses, his servant, and Aaron, whom he had chosen. They showed his signs among them and wonders in the land of Ham. He sent darkness and made it dark, and they rebelled not against his word. He turned their waters into blood and slew their fish. Their lamb brought forth frogs in abundance in chambers of their kings, and he spake, and there came divers sorts of flies and lice in all the coast. He gave them hail for rain and flaming fire in their land. He smote their vines also and their fig trees. He brake the trees of their coast. He spake and the locusts came and caterpillars and without number and did eat up all the herbs of their land and devoured the fruit of their ground. He smote also all the firstborn in their land and chief of all their strength. He brought them forth also with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Egypt was glad when they departed, for the fear of them fell upon them. He spread a cloud for a covering and a fire to give light in the, in the night. The people asked, and he brought quails and satisfied them with bread of heaven. He opened the rock, and the waters gushed out. They ran in dry places like a river. For he remembered his holy promise, and Abraham his servant. And he brought forth his people with joy, and his chosen with gladness. He gave them the lands of the heathen, and they inherited the labor of the people. That they might observe his statutes and keep his laws, praise ye the Lord. And that is Psalm 105, my friends. Let's go move forward. We're going to read 1 Peter chapter 3 all the way through chapter 5. So open up your hearts, open up your minds. There's going to be a lot of wisdom here. Things that might be hard to swallow for some minds in our culture. Especially here at the very beginning where he tells wives how they are to submit to their husbands. But then likewise, he talks about how the husband is to treat the wife. And of course, we move forward and there's just endless wisdom. There's the famous verse, or it's famous to me anyway, that talks about how you're not to be surprised when fiery tri trials come to try your faith. All kinds of great wisdom is found here. So let's dig in and open up our hearts and be ready to learn from the Word of God. Let's begin. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversion of the wife. While they behold your chaste, conversion coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be the outward adorning of plaiting the hair and of wearing of gold and of putting on apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which in the sight of God of great which in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner, in the old time the holy women also, who trusted in God, adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands. Even Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord 
whose daughters ye are, as long as you do well, and are not afraid with any amazements. So let's just stop there. And uh, this is what Peter's telling the wives. He's saying, being in, beasts in subjection, subjection to your own husband, that if they don't obey the word, look, this is so interesting, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. You see, there's, he's saying that the husband could be won for the faith because of the behavior of the wife. And then he goes on to say, don't adorn yourself with all these things, but instead adorn yourself with meekness and quietness, which in the sight of God of great price, for after this manner in the old time, holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves being in subjection to their own husbands. And then he uses Sarah, right, as an example. Even Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord whose daughters you are, as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement. Now he's going to deal with the husbands. Verse 7, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife, as unto a weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Did you catch that? Peter is saying, Honor your wives, Give them honor that your prayers may not be hindered. He's also reminding you that your heirs together, that your prayers may not be hindered. Listen, if you're not honoring your wife, according to Peter, your prayers are being stifled. The way you treat your wife matters to God. Let's continue. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren, and be pitiful and courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrawise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called that ye should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that he may speak no guile. Let's think about that verse again. Verse 10 here. If you want a good life, right? If you want to see good days, you need to control your mouth. How many times have we talked about this when we went through the book of Proverbs for the second time? So many Proverbs of wisdom saying, control the tongue. The tongue is a curse. Peter says, For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil, and his lips they speak no guile. Verse 11, Let him skew evil and do good, and let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good? But if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. But sanctify the Lord in your hearts, 
and be ready. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason for the hope that is in within you, meekness and fear. Having a good conscience, that whereas they speak evil of you as evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. For it is better, if the will of God be so, that you suffer for well-doing than for doing evil. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being while the ark was a preparing, wherein a few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. The like figure, whereunto even baptism does also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven, and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subjection unto him. Chapter 4. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he hath suffered in the flesh, hath ceased from sin. That he no longer should live the rest of the time in the flesh to lust of the men, but to the will of God. For the time past our life may suffer, suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, revealings, banqueting, and abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that you run not with them to the same excess of riot speaking evil of you. Who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead? For this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to the men in the flesh, but live according to God in the Spirit. But the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. That's an important verse, friends. He's saying, first of all, you should no longer live. If you've been saved... If you're in Christ, who suffered for you, then you no longer should be living with the lust of the flesh, right? You should no longer be walking in lasciviousness, lust, drinking of, you know, excess, he says, drinking of wine, abominable idolatries, and the people that used to run with you are now going to think it's strange and they're going to talk evil about you because you no longer want to do those things and you no longer do those things. He says, but the end of all things is at hand. Be you therefore sober, which has a spirit is a spiritual sense of sobriety, and a literal, obviously, and watch unto prayer. That means be paying attention, be clear-minded, and always be in a position of prayer. Because why? Because the end of all things is near. 8, verse 8. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. 
That's interesting, right? Charity shall cover a multitude of sins. Does Peter think that actions matter? Does Peter think that behavior matters? Apparently he does. Continuing on, verse 10. I'm sorry, verse 9. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do so of the ability which God giveth, that God in all, the th- all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is trying you, as though some strange thing has happened to you. He's saying, don't be so surprised that you're going through something. Verse 13, but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of the glory and of God resteth upon you. And on their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. In other words, he's saying, if you're going to suffer, it better be because of your relationship with Christ. It better not be because you're doing evil things and sticking your nose where it doesn't belong. Right? That's what he's saying. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. Verse 16. Yet, if any man suffer as a Christian... Let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on his behalf. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing, as unto a faithful creator. Let me read these last few verses again, verses 17 and 18, because I believe that this is a word for this generation and the things that we are seeing and the problems that we are facing. He says, For the time has come that judgment must begin in the house of God. You see, when judgment comes, it starts there. He's got a purify his people. And listen to this wisdom. And if it first begins with us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? He's saying if, if, if it starts with us, how much worse is it going to be for them who ignore the gospel, who don't obey it? And in verse 18, and if the righteous scarcely be saved, Listen, Jesus said that the road is narrow, and there are few that find it. The path, the narrow path is hard, it's narrow, there's few that find it. A majority of people are going down the broad road, which leads to destruction. Peter says that the righteous are scarcely saved. Think about that. He says, if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? 
You better make sure you're in an intimate relationship with the Messiah, with Jesus Christ. Because the path is narrow, the road is narrow, and the righteous are scarcely saved. Alright, let's read chapter 5. Only 14 verses, and then we'll be done for this morning. The elders which are among you, I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by a constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Ye, all of you be subject one another, and be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud, and give grace to the humble. Our culture, today's generation, really has a huge problem with submitting themselves to an elder. We've been conditioned in our culture by the evil shadows who control everything to look at the elderly as unvaluable. This cannot be further from the truth. Submit yourselves, younger people, to the elders. It's a, and be clothed with humility, it says. For God resists the proud and give grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. There's a due time. There's a season. Verse 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resisteth steadfast in the faith? knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in, you, in your brethren that are in the word. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto eternal glory by Jesus, by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. By Sylvanus, a faithful brother, unto you I suppose I have written briefly exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God, wherein ye stand, the church that is in Babylon, elected together with you, saluteth you, and so doth Marcus my son. Greet ye one another with a kiss of charity. Peace be with you all that are in Christ Jesus. Amen. And that is the end of First Peter. And uh, Lord willing, next week we'll start Second Peter. I pray that you've been blessed this morning. I pray that you have not taken offense to the Word of God. But that your hearts have been pierced. And it's causing you to draw ever more closely to Him. Who loved you so much that He sent His own Son to die in your place. And if you believe in Him, believe that God rose Him from the dead, you will be saved. Thanks for listening this morning. Peace and grace be with all of you. And actually, let me end with what Peter said. Peace be with you all that are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Until next time, God bless.